listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. Welcome, everybody, to Earth Oddity Podcast, COVID edition, or should I say post-COVID. That's right, we're healed. Post-COVID condition. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tiny. (coughs) This is still a slight cough. Joining me is my horse friend, John Long, who's actually a human, but he's lost his voice. That's what I meant when I said horse. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's a dirty joke there, but we'll leave it on the table. (laughs) And uh, we hope everyone is doing well. We hope you're doing better than we are, apparently. Yeah. I guess I should probably start out and apologize for giving you coronavirus. <laughs> That's on me. Entirely my fault. Right. But I really, you know, like uh, I, I said on the podcast, you know, like I woke up, I had a headache. Mm-hmm. But then by the time I got out of the shower and drank my coffee, I felt normal. And I felt normal, you know, all day long. I didn't. I didn't have any reason to think. I don't even know where I got it from. You know, like I don't, right. I haven't been in contact with people who have it. A lady who works for me has it, but I haven't been around her. So, hmm. uh, so yeah, it's kind of weird. It didn't even dawn on me that I could potentially have coronavirus. Uh, so I'm just, I'm irresponsible, I guess would be the best the way to put it. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's on me. I'm sorry, Tiny. I hate I ruined your Christmas. I hate I gave it to my wife, too. So, <laughs> Yeah, how's Deidre doing, by the way? She's getting better. She's still uh, a little rough, but she feels a lot better. She's uh, quite a few days behind me, so okay. Um, I think another couple of days she'll be back up and running just fine. Have the uh, kids managed to avoid it? or? Yeah, so far. They've pretty huh. much been upstairs and on their own the whole time, so they've kind of stayed away from us and... We did do Christmas where they sat on one end of the living room and opened up their presents and Dieter and I mm-hmm. walked them. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been wild. I'm, I'm going stir crazy being in the same spot, like in the same house. Dude, I am too. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if we talked about this or not, but my family, they like abandoned me just in time to miss out because you're contagious 48 hours before you have symptoms. Right. And you like text me Monday. Like I was actually in the parking lot fixing to go into work when you text me and you said, Hey, I just tested positive. And I called my boss and my boss said, well, Hey, don't come into work, you know, go home. You can't, you know, you're not allowed to come in here. That breaks protocol. And I called Tara and Tara, she immediately like gathered up the kids and fled to her parents' house (laughs) Well, because it was less than 24 hours that, you know, I had been exposed that, you know, you tested. And so they managed to just, you know, miss out on it. But uh, so I've for two weeks, I've just been in the house. It's just been me and the dog. And I'm, I know what you're talking about as far as going stir crazy. I'm just like, uh, yeah, that's been no fun. But, you know, I guess. I guess that's a first world problem is that I've yeah. got to sit home and watch TV for a week and a half now, but I am going back to work tomorrow and I'm ready. I'm sure I'll have all kind of stuff that I got to catch up on, but mm-hmm. um, just a change of pace would be nice. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, once again, sorry to you and everybody else. We did miss an episode because of me. It's my entire fault. <laughs> Uh, but it, you know, if I would never have put anybody in danger, 
had it even dawned on me that I could potentially have coronavirus. So uh, here I am a week and a half later. No, really, what? It's been two weeks now, I guess. Yeah, it's been two weeks, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I guess maybe I should have paid a little more attention to uh, my body. But I wake up and feel bad a lot. So mm-hmm. it's nothing new for me. And I just, as I, the day goes, I feel better. I tell you what, like this whole coronavirus thing that, that we've had, at no point has it been absolutely terrible. Like if it wasn't the coronavirus that has, you know, killed what, 300,000 people in North America at yeah. present, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have missed work. There was one day I had a really bad headache and I felt tired. But, you know, other than that, like if this was any other cold or if this was any other virus other than coronavirus, I probably wouldn't have even missed work, you know? Right. Yeah. It's crazy that something like this has managed to, and I understand that a lot of people have had like complications. I don't want to make light of that, but it's just, I don't know. It's such a weird disease that has the world, you know, by the cojones, so to speak right now. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely strange. I mean, I had a fever for forever. <laughs> And mm-hmm. from the Monday I tested positive until about three days ago, I had a fever and it was horrible because, you know, you know how you feel when you have a fever. But yeah. other than that, I mean, I, I had a stuffy head and a cough and stuff, but mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't feel horrible if I was the whole time. I was like, man, if I could just kick this fever, I'd be okay. And uh, so finally it went away and I feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. I got lightheaded a lot. I don't know if you had that happen. The Deidre and I, no. it's wild. Like, uh, just like I, I, there was one night. Well, the first night Deidre, after she she had uh, tested positive, she had already moved upstairs. So then she's like, well, I got to move downstairs. So I was helping going up and downstairs, grabbing stuff. And I moved a mattress. And then I came back downstairs and I was like, I'm about to pass out. And I had to sit down mm. on the floor. Yeah, I think it could have, I guess you and I have made it out pretty good compared to other people maybe yeah. we have superior immune systems and <laughs> maybe you know uh our bodies are prepared for hardship better than other people i don't know well anyway now that we've got that out of the way we are here to talk about odd news what have, what do you got in the way of odd news this week i got a ton of stories uh, okay pick from oh well pope francis our buddy, mm-hmm. our good friend Pope Francis. Yes, he's been playing around on Instagram again, again, again. They <laughs> got him again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I got a got a good story about our friend Pope or the Pope. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a story about the Boy Scouts, and we've got a story about hand grenades. But I wanted to start with: Do you remember Balloon Boy? Uh, no, I don't remember (laughs) about, I want to say it's been almost a decade now. He was, a. it was these two parents who they did this hoax where they told everybody, they told the media and they told the national guard that their son had floated away in a helium balloon. Oh, wow. And then it all turned out to be fake. Like they, they did this just for attention. They were going to try to roll this fame over, I guess, putting their six-year-old son in a balloon. (laughs) They're going to try to roll this into a reality show somehow. And it got in a lot of trouble, but they recently received a pardon from the governor of Colorado. Okay. Well, good for them. 
Yeah, this happened in 2009. Uh, a U.S. couple, they told the world their son had been carried away in a balloon. Rescue services scrambled to save him, but it was revealed later to be a hoax. After 13 years, the couple have now been granted a par- pardon by the governor of Colorado. Pair served jail time, and they had criminal records. They've also paid, I want to say, $36,000 total. And but now and I don't know why they would just get a pardon all of a sudden, but uh, this shut down the airport. They had helicopters out looking for this guy. It turns out that the kid had been hiding in the attic of the house. Uh, Later, the family were being interviewed on a national TV show, Larry King Live, by prominent journalist Wolf Blitzer. When the young boy appeared to out his parents, when asked why he was hiding at home, he said to his father, you guys said that uh, we did this for the show. (laughs) <laughs> following the no, uh, following the re- the revelation that it was staged, police said that the house of the Richard and Mayumi Henny family was searched for evidence, and the family it turned out that they were hoping to roll this into a reality show. So, oh yeah, That's, they were on the cutting edge of reality shows back then. <laughs> yeah. Also, this kid's name was Falcon. This, oh, of course, <laughs> just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I wonder what old Falcon's doing these days. I don't know. I wonder if he's on Instagram. I bet, I bet he is. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would his uh, his handle would be like? Uh, I mean, if you don't go with Balloon Boy, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Balloon what Boy Falcon IG. <laughs> <laughs> the real Balloon Boy. So anyway, after 13 years and you know fines and jail time. They've been pardoned, which I don't really know why they were pardoned because they, you know, they did what they did. They caused a lot of people a lot of problems, but yeah. Hey. Yeah, that's kind of wild. But I guess after that that amount of time, there's no reason to keep them on the hook. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Colorado, they're a little more of a happy go lucky state. Everybody's right. cold out there, anyways. So. Yeah, if you did that in Alabama, you would never, oh, ever yeah. live that down. No, no, you would be you would be locked up, pro- potentially get the electric chair. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of wild, though. Um, well, have you heard about the new monolith? Uh, well, I heard about, yeah, I, I don't know if this is the one you're talking about. What's, what's the deal with the new monolith? Well, it just says a mysterious gingerbread monolith appears in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it says, uh, there one day and gone the next, as with all the best things, a gingerbread monolith that popped up in a San Francisco park on Christmas Day had a short life, mm-hmm. collapsing on Saturday after bringing joy to the surrounding area. For the record, I am anti-gingerbread house. <laughs> right. I mean, it is the most painful thing to do with your kids, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speculation has ran rampant on social media after the gingerbread creation, which was similar to the metal monolith spotted in Utah, was found on a hilltop. Uh, the nearly seven-foot-tall structure appeared in Corona Heights Park in, Cast- in the Castro neighborhood uh, of San Francisco on Friday morning. It says local media asked Parks Director if they would be taking down the modern art marvel uh, who quipped that it looked like a great spot to get baked and would leave it up until <laughs> <the> cookie crumbles. There's <laughs> a, a tower seemingly made of nothing but gingerbread glued together with ice and couldn't stay up forever, but it made it through Christmas. So hmm. the monolith people are getting out of control. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny that they put up a, a gingerbread monolith on Christmas. It's kind of nice, but you know, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more effort. I would have liked to have seen a uh, like a peppermint monolith. Oh, yeah. yeah, that would have been. Might have hung around for a few more days. Absolutely. You got to think wildlife and stoned hippies would just be out there eating the gingerbread monolith real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it barely lasted a day, so yeah. So you wait. I'll give them a, I'll give them an A for effort, but uh, they're not going to get an A plus because we needed the peppermint monolith. Yeah. Right. I mean that's, I don't know. Like I say, you're taking a, you could take a joke too far, and this is mm-hmm. we're we're reaching that point with the monolith. <laughs> well, what about the uh, show? Should I should I stop? work on the uh, Black Eyed Peas and Hog Jowl monolith that I was trying to put together for uh, for New Year's. <laughs> no, I'll definitely go ahead with that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what other kind of monoliths? We could get a uh, maybe a green monolith on St. Patty's Day. Sure. Yeah, you, could do, you could do like a, a candy heart monolith. You know, those like <laughs> chalk candy that says, yeah. you know, be mine forever or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could do that for Valentine's. You could go seasonal. I mean, you just have a whole monolith uh, line to roll out one for every holiday. The best monolith would be the red, white, and blue shooting fireworks 4th of July monolith. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That would, that be, would really... be nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Easter one would be cool. I mean, you're going to have to add a crossbar to it. But <laughs> yeah, that'd yeah. be a real good one for Halloween. What if you built one out of bones? The <laughs> pickle skeleton on it. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Or just paint it to look like Frankenstein. He's yeah. very monolith looking. And then for Thanksgiving next year, we could be like a giant wishbone. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah! Well, John, have you ever been magnet fishing? No, I haven't, but I've watched YouTube videos of people doing it. Okay. Basically, you just take a magnet and you just throw it in the water and, and see what you get, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just just it's fishing. Mm-hmm. It strikes me as uh, similar to like metal detectoring. Is that a word in a yeah. way? Yeah, I think it is. But it's just kind of a, a new way to a new way for people to look for stuff. Right. But instead of a metal detector in the sand, you got to a magnet in a boat. Mm-hmm. But this dude in the UK, he pulls 19 hand grenades out of a river while he was magnet fishing. Oh my goodness. I mean, one hand grenade is pretty impressive, but this dude got 19. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, it says this comes from the independent. Uh, Bob bomb disposal experts were called out to a site on the outskirts of Birmingham after an angler per- pulled 19 hand grenades out of a river. Che Williams was using a magnet device in the River Tame near Sutton Cornfield in an effort to find an old fishing lure that he had lost when he began hauling up grenade after grenade. Hmm. The 42-year-old realized it might be the best to contact the police when he later realized that two of the World War II grenades still had their pins in place. Which, I mean, if you pull one up and the pin's not there, isn't that... Yeah, more concerning. (laughs) It says that uh, the police officers evacuated the stretch of river while a specialist uh, explosive ordnance disposal unit 
arrived to examine the devices. The grenades with pins were x-rayed and thankfully found to contain no explosives or detonator. So they weren't able to actually blow up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, He said that he's disappointed that he's not going to get to keep his haul. It says that these artifacts are going to be destroyed by the bomb squad. Oh, of course. They're not going to let him keep that. (laughs) Says the father of two had previously only found a pair of scissors and a 5P coin. I don't know what that is in England. And then also a hubcap that he had that he had found with a 15 pound magnet. Now, that's 15 pounds is what it cost him, not how much it weighs. Yeah. Says that uh, when he first found the grenade, he thought, what on earth is this? He thought it was a doorknob, but then he took a closer look and he thought this is a hand grenade. He said he kept pulling them out one after the other. He couldn't believe it. He said that he originally took the devices home in a carrier bag before asking his friends on Facebook what he should do. And then they told him we should probably call the police. And so he called the police and they came out. They checked them out. They x-rayed them. And now they're going to confiscate them and destroy them for him. Of course. Can't have anything in life. That's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess what we learned from this is if you find any kind of uh, World War II era ordinance, if you want to keep it, yeah, you then keep you should not call the <laughs> you should not call the police. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you got to keep your mouth shut on that. <laughs> Granted, you risk uh, blowing up your house and your loved ones, but you know nothing oh. ventured, nothing nothing gained. Exactly. I mean, that's uh, that's the fun of having a grenade. <laughs> yeah. <possibility> yeah. of <laughs> Excuse me. Man, whoever gave you that cough is horrible. <laughs> uh, if you found a grenade, what would you do? I, I mean, I would probably call the authorities too, but there's a huge part of me that would really want to just try and see. What would happen, you know? I mean, if you find 19 of them, you got to try to throw one of them. And just do what happens, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's no reason not to. You got to try that. It's crazy. It's crazy not to. So these people are, uh, I guess they're more responsible citizens than you and I are. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know that police officer would be so happy when you tell him, well, I got 18 hand grenades here. I had 19, but one of them, I pulled the pin and threw it over there <laughs> in that river over there. So <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> well, let's talk about another explosive subject. And that's at Pope Francis here. His in- yes. His Instagram account appears to like another model's racy pick. Again? Yeah. Huh. He's scrolling in mysterious ways. The article, <laughs> <laughs> Pope Francis' Instagram account is being accused of liking another racy photo by an X-rated model. Hey, that's me, wrote Margot Fox Tuesday as she shared a screenshot seemingly showing the pontiff's verified Francis' account among more than 2,500 liking a shot of her risque black bodysuit. <coughs> bodysuit, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The Pope liked my picture. That means I'm going to heaven. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it works exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's what the last girl said, too. Where did where did they get this idea? I don't know. Um, wrote the self-styled, um, let's just call her, she's an OnlyFans model. So okay, I got gotcha. you. It comes weeks after Natalia Garabato 
said the POTUS verified account liked an image of her standing at a school lock locker with a white crop top and a skirt barely reaching her behind. My mom may hate my butt pics, but the Pope be double tapping. <laughs> <laughs> The Vatican said it was asking Instagram for an explanation, insisting we can exclude that the light came from the Holy See. Not everyone is shocked at the possibility, however. Dude's just admiring God's creation. Leave him alone, one of her, uh, the model's fans wrote. So if it happens once, you could claim it's a mistake. But if it happens twice, we've got a pattern here. <laughs> yes. Pope. I mean, uh, it's fine with me if that's what you want to do, but let's not quit trying to blame it on everything else. <laughs> it's just like you said. I mean, it happened once, and you know we all remember when what was it? Ted Cruz he like liked a uh, yes a, a dirty tweet from like a adult film actress, right? And everyone had a good laugh or whatever. And, but this is this has now happened twice, so something's up now. Granted, possibly this could be someone who's running the Pope's Instagram account, but yeah. uh, that's where who I would that dude would get thrown under the bus so fast. Yeah, how do you, I mean, like, look, yes, how have you not? How have you not? You know, fixed that yeah. at this point already? Even if it is the Pope, you just got to yeah. go look. Uh, our intern Christopher Tiny Sullivan's just getting a little carried away <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram here. He's been relieved of his duties, and uh, and we're going to go forward here, you know. Mm-hmm. But but to be asking Instagram for an explanation and all that. I mean, that, come on, we're not naive here, Pope. It's fine. It's nothing, just nothing wrong with pretty girls, by the way. I just like to say that. Go on the record. Nothing right. Wrong. I've never Except had a that, problem with them. <laughs> Although your job description is, uh, you know, you're not supposed to ever get married. You're supposed to be celibate for life. Yeah. He's so it's just odd married. that you're, yeah, it's just odd that you're, you know, and here, okay, look, at the very least, at the very least, he don't have to type the, he don't have to tap that like button, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Can't you just do like all the other good Catholics and look at those pictures and not like them? Well, like, do you think he was like <laughs> looking at it and he went to like shove it in his robe because somebody came in the room and he actually. <laughs> <laughs> But but twice now, you know. I know, but I mean, he's just out here blessing Instagram models left and right. (laughs) He's the Pope of the people, I guess. I guess so. I don't know how. I tell you, if if I if I was Instagram and they were asking me for an explanation, I think I would I would type back, uh, "Quit hitting that like button, and your (laughs) account will quit liking these photos." Exactly. That's what I would say too. Like, look, hey, my explanation is that you guys, somebody <laughs> is double tapping on these pictures. <laughs> what else we got going on? John, you're in the Boy Scouts. You're our you're a accomplished Eagle Scout. I am. And uh as you know, uh what was it? Was it last year or a year before the Scouts decided to uh, drop Boy Scouts from the name and allow girls to join? When did that happen? Uh, it's been a little over a year. Okay. Our girl troop that I'm affiliated with has been around for a little over a year now. Okay. And that was, like, not controversial at all. Like, everybody was on the same page about, you know, moving forward with this and expanding recruiting. Well, it was... 
it was more controversial to people who weren't actively involved in scouts than people who <laughs> were actively involved in scouts. Because all well, of us knew that the Boy Scouts has had co-ed programs since the 60s. And right. this is just rolling it out to the larger actual Boy Scout portion of the mm-hmm. program. So, yes. Well, now there was one group that was actually very, uh, very upset by this. Oh, yeah. No, there was. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And that was the Girl Scouts. Yes, they did not like it at all. (laughs) And now the Boy Scouts are accusing the Girl Scouts of trying to start a ground war with them. Are you aware of this? Well, I know that the Girl Scouts have gotten really mad uh, and uh, said we're affecting their recruiting or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so they've filed some suits, tried to get us to where we can't use scouts. They say it's misleading, um, and that girls don't know that they're joining Boy Scouts <laughs> instead of Girl Scouts, and all that kind of crazy stuff. So, yeah, they're they've they've got their panties in a wad over it. <laughs> says that uh, uh, the Girl Scout says that this uh, change is this eroding their branding. Uh, they're saying that this is uniquely damaging to them. And uh, I mean, that's uh, you pretty much said everything that was in the article. But uh, well, all right. I I've, know I've a lot of people that were in Girl Scouts and mm-hmm. I have no real problem with Girl Scouts at all. I don't think there should be a rivalry between both of us. Um, but I would say Girl Scouts, if your numbers are declining because the Boy Scouts have chosen to allow the Boy Scouts in America. Now, people forget. Boy Scouts is worldwide co-ed pretty much all over the globe, but Boy Scouts here in America have decided to allow girls in, then you're just going to have to step your game up, you know? Like, right. I, I feel like you maybe got a little lack of data over the years because you had a built-in uh, group of people to get, and now you don't. They have options to go to another established program that's done a lot of great things over the years, so... Yeah, of course, it's making your job a little more difficult and making your recruiting numbers a little lower because you're having to split um, recruits with the scouts. So, but I don't feel bad for the Girl Scouts at all. Yeah, like what's the okay? Uh, I've never been in Girl Scouts, so I really don't know what they do besides sell cookies. <laughs> I know, like when you're in the Boy Scouts, you learn uh, all kinds of. You learn how to read a compass. You learn how to find your way in the woods. You learn how to survive and you know build a a TP and you know start a fire using one match or maybe a flint and steel magnifying glass. All that cool stuff. What do you actually do in Girl Scouts? Like, like why why do you think the Girl Scouts are having so much trouble competing with the Boy Scouts? Well, number one is I think all everything that exists in Boy Scouts can be done in Girl Scouts. They do outdoor skills and all that, but mm-hmm. very much, and it's this way with Boy Scouts too, it's at a very much at a troop level. So um, if you have somebody who's a troop leader who isn't into outdoor skills, they'll do the other parts of the program with it. And with Boy Scouts and established troops that have been around for forever, you have just a, a ready-made group of people who want to do and teach outdoor skills. And it's a major function of scouting programs uh, worldwide. So I feel like we push outdoor skills a little bit more than Girl Scouts do, but it's not like you can't learn to shoot a back azimuth on a compass and read right. a map and all that in Girl Scouts. Is I, 
I know several girls who were in Girl Scouts that are have better skills doing that than people that I grew up in Scouts with. So, you know, I'm not, I don't not down in that. The here's where it comes. Here's where I think the rub is: is that the Boy Scouts have a tremendous amount of resources for programming. We have council camps all over the United States in just about you know every. There's four or five at least camps in just about every state. We have mm-hmm. high adventure bases like uh, Sea Base, where you can go and learn about you know uh, high adventure on the seas, sailing boats, snorkeling, scuba diving. We have Philmont Scout Ranch out west in New Mexico. We have the uh, oh, I can't remember the new one in West Virginia. That's like whitewater rafting. They have Northern Tier, which is up in Minnesota, I think, and. We just have a lot of different things that you could do because over years, the Boy Scouts have been very smart to develop a strong national program for their people, their members to use and take advantage of. So when the Girl Scouts come out and go, hey, you want to join the Girl Scouts? Uh, We're going to go to the local YMCA camp for a week in the summer and shoot bows and arrows or whatever. That's all great, but you can do that in Boy Scouts too. Plus you can go hiking right. in New Mexico for two weeks, or you could go to sea base in the key in the Florida Keys and, and learn all about that. Um, and then there's all the other aspects of the Boy Scouts program, the explorers adventure cruise, where you could do high adventure stuff or explorers. You could do career oriented stuff. Uh, there's just the Boy Scouts is a, is a tremendous program uh, because they worked and fine tuned it over the years now the boy scouts has its own problems and they're not uh they're struggling right now which is one of the reasons why they decided to go to uh, co-ed throughout you know all programs uh, because they need members we've lost a lot of members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints are huge were huge boy scouts uh, just about every church out west, uh, you know, Mormon church had a, a troop they sponsored and their kids would go through it. They recently pulled their support because the Boy Scouts has made some decisions they don't particularly like. And we got the whole sexual abuse lawsuit that I'm sure everybody's heard commercials for. That's uh, that's going crazy. We recently declared bankruptcy to protect us from judgments against that for that reason. So. Um, we got our own, our own mm-hmm. problems too. So, um, but if you were going to pick, ask me which one I was going to put my kids in, of course I'm biased. I would put them in scouts every day. Over right. But it, scouts. but even if it, like you were talking about though, even just looking at what the two program, two pr- programs offer, you know, why wouldn't you go with the boy scouts, you know? Right. Well, and the, uh, what is it called in girl scouts? The gold award, I believe. Well, see, that's the thing. Nobody even knows because it's the Girl Scouts, right? Well, I mean, it's not. It's nothing to sneeze at. The uh, Gold Award. What? What is it? It's like the Eagles Eagle Scout equivalent. That Girl Scout. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yes. Yeah, so, like, they have that. But like you say, uh, having an Eagle Scout on your resume, you know, carries a certain amount of weight that that doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Just to the general person, you know, like it's a. A long, st- a long running joke for me to joke about having being an Eagle Scout. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, but people do really recognize what that means and the effort that goes in and getting it. It's not an easy thing to get, so uh, you have to do a ton of work and 
learn. And people equally admire the gold award, the Girl Scout gold award. No, because I don't think they have the record. I was about to say, I had never heard of it until you brought it up just now. Yeah. It's, you know, now there's a girl in our troop. She was in Girl Scouts too before she came into Boy Scouts. She's probably going to be the first female Eagle Scout in our council, and she's going to earn that gold award too. I mm-hmm. would her up against any boy scout that I've ever been involved with in scouting in all my years. She's she's that impressive of a kid, and uh, she can do anything that any guy can do, and does most of it better. So, you know, I mean, she's put in the hard work in two different organizations, uh, and mm-hmm. is going to end up like I say, probably being the first Eagle Scout in our council that's a female. So I'm I'm very excited to be affiliated with her. How would you fix the Girl Scouts? I'm not saying they're broken, but you know, if, if money wasn't an object, how would you uh how would you make them uh competitive in the recruiting arena? Well, I think the first thing you gotta do is play up the fact that you are offering a a desirable program to everybody because mm-hmm. when you think of Girl Scouts, just like you said, now the only thing you, you think, think cookies, yeah, cookies. right. Right, now, that's a huge fundraiser for them. We all love Girl Scout cookies, just like everybody else. So that's not saying you don't have to do cookies, but you need to put that more on the back burner and do more of life skills, outdoor skills, scouting skills to to put you on the map, you need to start, you know, and I'm not sure what their fundraising efforts are or what their resources are, but you need to start really looking <laughs> to, um, expanding your national program, buying land, operating national camps, um, and doing all of that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think it's kind of a, a little crazy for the girl scouts forever to be like, uh, you know, anything the boys could do, we can do, and do better. And then the boys go, well, Hey, we're going to let girls join. And then they're like, well, no, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But also, you know, they have people who they have a payroll to meet too, and they need membership. So maybe they just need to go co-ed as well. And we'll just see which one wins the bet at at the end. Right. But maybe you should do something to differentiate yourself. Like, uh, we're going to learn how to, well, I don't know. I mean, I I think we, girl power you know as much as that is and as a guy who has a daughter it's it's a good thing for for them to play that up like hey this Mm -hmm. is a spot where you can you can come and and you can be the best female you can be if that's what they want to do now i think i don't i may just be talking off the top of my head is that uh at one point, you know, Boy Scouts started in the USA like 1910, I think, and Girl Scouts were not far behind within the five years or so. And at one point, there was a talk of merging the organizations, and this is back in the early days, and somehow the Girl Scouts decided they didn't want to do that. And so we could have <laughs> been co-ed a long time ago. So Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, I guess that'll about do it for Boy Scout talk. Yeah, I'm sure that was enthralling for everybody. (laughs) For the record, I got nothing against Girl Scouts. I think Mm -hmm. it's a great program. Uh, I'm partial to Boy Scouts because that's what I grew up in. That's what my kids in. And uh, but I don't, I don't have anything against Girl Scouts at all. I just think they need to do a better job 
promoting their product and putting in place a national program that their members can take advantage of. Because any troop in any place in America can go to any high adventure camp as long as you meet the physical requirements to go. So you have to, you know, pass a physical, you have to be, to do high adventure stuff, you have to be at least uh, 14, I believe. And, but any troop can go to any of those places. And the, I mean, they will, they will bend their, uh, they will bend over backwards to make you come and help you get there. So that's what the Girl Scouts needs to do. Pizza has worked really well for the youth group. <laughs> Maybe you can make every single Girl Scout meeting a pizza party. Yeah, uh, that'd be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, you know, like how can you compete against a five hundred thousand acre working ranch in New Mexico? Right. You know that you, mm-hmm. you can go, and if you want to do a horse program, you could do a horse program. If you want to hike to the top of Mount Baldy, you can hike to the top of Mount Baldy. There's so much to do just at that one spot. You know, you can mm-hmm. fly fishing, you can do whatever. And, uh, you know, I don't know that the Girl Scouts have that resource to use. And that's huge for recruiting when you look at a kid and go, hey, look, you stick in Scouts, you get to first class, you'll probably be around 14. We'll have the opportunity to go and do all this cool stuff. And while you're working there, we're going to go to summer camp every summer here in Cottondale, Alabama, and you could propel and rock climb and shoot shotguns and shoot rifles. And that's an easy sell to people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Girl Scouts have that. Yeah. All right. So anyways, we want to thank Boy Scout founded <laughs> Curl by you Buddha Spice for their support. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and order their spice right there on the website, CajunCurl.com. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potato, Girl Scout cookies, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice will change your life. On their website, CajunCurl.com, you can order the Bayou Blended Spice, and you'll also find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. Excuse me. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it now. All of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, it's low salt, it has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and use the promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. Right. All right, we got any reviews this week? Yeah, we do. Let me get down here to them. We got several. Well, we got a couple. (laughs) Nice. The first one is from Cornstar from Minnesota. It's titled Top 10, five-star review. It says, uh, Tiny did a great job on that story show, and since then, this has become one of my favorite podcasts. It's been nice to listen to Christians that don't have sticks up their butts. (laughs) (laughs) I have recently removed a huge stick from my butt, so... I think John should make an, aspir- an appearance on that story show since he flaked off, flaked it off last time. I feel he'd have a great story to share. 
Bigfoot is real. Epstein didn't kill himself. Ah, true on both accounts. That's right. <laughs> and we got one more. Okay. From Cujo uh, 11580. Great, clean, fun. It's a five-star review, of course. So this show is hilarious. Clean comedy for a long trip or just on your way to work. Tiny and John are just a couple of regular guys having fun. So there we go. There we go. The reviews are rolling in. Yes. Thank y'all so much for leaving us reviews. We've actually got some Podchaser reviews too, but uh, we'll probably read those next week. If you haven't left us a review, uh, by all means, you can do it. You can uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcast or Stitcher or Podchaser, wherever podcasts are found, wherever yeah. you can leave them, and we'll read them. Thank you so much. And I would love to hear John on that story show, but uh, unfortunately you can't just, you know, invite yourself on the show. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, Hey, if, if enough of y'all message James and, uh, and say, Hey, get John on the show. He might, he might do it. So, yeah, I don't know that I will do it. But he may ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. There is actually a, we got another couple ones that hadn't even posted yet. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, we got another one. <laughs> it says, I found this one through that chartable thing. Okay. Uh, it says, John's boss recommends highly. Full disclosure for everyone, I'm John's boss, and I highly recommend Earth Oddity, and I promise I'm not doing this because I hope John will become ultra popular the podcaster and quit working in the furniture empire. Or am I? <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's from Furniture Boy. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder who Furniture Boy could be. (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. (laughs) Just so Shane knows, I'm not quitting. You're going to have to fire me. (laughs) Uh, Well, what do you say in the meantime we ask you some questions? Oh, yeah, okay. And now it's time for Ask John Questions About Stuff. Now, we've had some build up, so, you know, we're going to go ahead and clear the barrel here. All right, let's go. All right. Maverick asks, John, what is your opinion on Amazon furniture? Is it good or is it bad? Should I save $600 and buy a table from Amazon? (laughs) Well, it all depends. Okay. (laughs) Like, we could sell furniture on Amazon if we wanted to. Right. Uh, I actually did some research on it a couple of years ago, but it'd just be more trouble than it's worth. I think uh, mm-hmm. it's not really our core focus as a company. Um, so yes, you could, but you just need to be aware of what you're buying, who the manufacturer are, do all your research uh, and, and check it out. Now I personally wouldn't want to buy furniture that I had never touched before. And mm-hmm. that I had to assemble myself when it came to me because Things get damaged in shipping, so um, you may have to you may get your table in and the corners all dinged up. Have to send it back and wait and everything else. So you just got to weigh the the uh, cost benefit analysis. You got to do a cost benefit analysis on whether it's worth doing or not. But I know Maverick's pretty young, and nobody has nice furniture when they're young. So that's probably the way you need to go. Right. Also, while they may advertise free shipping, I guarantee you the cost of shipping is rolled into the price of that item. So, yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah. 
It's like furniture stores that advertise free delivery. You know, you're like, well, mm-hmm. that ain't free delivery. They got it built into the cost of the product. And if you're picking it up, you're still paying for that cost. So you'd mm-hmm. be much better served to go to a place and just charge you for delivery if you need a delivery. Uh, I will say one positive to the Amazon table is those little kids overseas have small hands and they can use <laughs> this really fine tunements for like those small parts. So yeah. that's a plus. But So basically kidnap a small child to help you assemble <laughs> your furniture. <laughs> All right, Chris asked, how do you avoid getting COVID-19? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> I have no idea. I would say wear a mask, social dis- distance, and uh, wash your hands regularly, all of which I did, and mm-hmm. uh, I still ended up getting it. So, yeah, and probably don't do a podcast with somebody who's positive. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, I, I think probably the only way to assure that you don't get coronavirus is to just completely segregate yourself away from all other people, from all of society. Just don't visit with anybody. Don't yeah. come into any con- contact with anyone. Don't go to work. Don't go to the store. Order everything you need online. Have it delivered to your house. Don't make contact with the delivery people. That's the only way that you can completely avoid COVID, I think, is just to. Yeah. You got and what kind of, yeah. And what kind of life is that really? You know? Yeah. Nicole asked, why did my car wait for my husband to leave before it started making bad noises? Um, well, your car just knows that <laughs> you need your husband. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just how it works. So what's this called? Murphy's law. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just that's the way it goes. I know. I don't know what it is, but I mean, if I'm at work and a machine messes up and I go, I write it up for a mechanic and it'll work perfectly when the mechanic gets there. <laughs> and as soon as he leaves is when it'll start messing up again. I don't know why it's like that, but that's such as life. Yes. That's exactly how it works. Uh, Jacqueline asked, what is the best thing about quarantine? And also what is the worst thing about quarantine? <laughs> the best thing about quarantine was I got to watch a lot of sports. I've watched all kinds of NBA games and NFL games, uh, college football games. I cared nothing about. So that was great. The worst thing is that you can't go anywhere. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm a guy who, I'm doing stuff all the time. So I miss working. I I actually am one of the few people in the world, I guess, that like their job. So I miss being down there. Um, I miss, you know, going to the store, all those things. So that's been the worst part for me. I know for me, uh, I guess, like you said, the best thing is uh, you can get caught up on Netflix. But the worst thing is, is once you finish Netflix, you know, the the crushing isolation is is the worst part of quarantine for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's been the worst part for sure. I've had a little easier since my wife's with me, but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just it gets boring staring at the same walls every day. All right. You know, we've got several more, but uh I'm going to ask this one last one. And since this one is, uh, this is never going to be more relevant than if we talk about it right now. So Maverick asks, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Well, Die Hard is actually a pagan movie that <laughs> has been adopted by Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> 
a Christmas movies are a Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but it was originally a pagan movie right. that was yeah. <laughs> that was covered up with uh with by by Christians and made into a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. First of all, the Die Hard is Die Hard a Christmas movie? That joke was funny. Like. <laughs> Like four or five years ago, I don't know why it still goes on every year. We got to get off of this, guys. <laughs> it's like the monolith; you can just take it too far. But uh, no, it is not a Christmas movie. It is a movie that happens during Christmas time. And on the same token, all those uh, Lifetime movies—no, not Lifetime—all those Hallmark Channel movies that your wife loves, those aren't Christmas movies either. They're yeah, romance right. movies that happen at Christmas time. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I would just like to say for the record, I think any movie that you enjoy during the holidays can be a Christmas movie to you. So, okay. Like Lord of the Rings. It has nothing to do with Christmas, but people talk about Lord of the Rings being a Christmas movie. So It's very uh, universalist of you, Tony. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we have some more questions, but we'll talk about them next week. And uh, if you have questions for John, you can join our Discord channel. A link, or you can join our Discord server link in the show notes, and you can go to the Ask John questions about stuff, and you can ask John questions yourself. We'll read them on the show, and he'll answer them one hundred percent correctly. Yeah, definitely. We actually don't have any voicemails this week, but we did get a text message. Oh wow! And the text message said, "Merry Christmas to the best podcast from Alabama." So thank you so much. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We probably are the best podcast from Alabama. <laughs> absolutely. Well, John, I don't know about you, but one thing that we absolutely must do before we end this show is thank our patrons. Yeah. Thank you all so much. I would especially like to thank those who donate at the 10 or above tier. And they are Mr. J.D. Westfall, Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. James White, Ms. Kara Wisco, Ms. Jane Uptograph, Ms. Sherry Heron, Mr. Thomas Williams, The Dapper Man, Ms. Sharon Craig, Mr. Tyler Bond, Mr. Todd Glover, Mr. Derek Reeves, Mr. Chris Tipton, Ms. Jackie B, and Mr. Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. McWill. Big McWill. Th yes, thank you all so much for donating to this show. Uh, sorry that we missed last week, but... Uh, Hopefully we're on the mend and hopefully we won't miss any more shows going forward, or at least not for a while. We don't yeah. want to make a, a habit of that. Yeah, no, we're, we're uh superhuman now. We can't, <laughs> we can't get sick anymore. So yeah, I was doing some research and unless if, as long as we don't catch a different strain of coronavirus, they say the antibodies in our blood should be good for 90 days. Okay. And maybe by the time 90 days rolls around, we'll have that uh, super controversial vaccine that we can take and <laughs> never have COVID again. No, just the mark of the beast. <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> well, uh, I guess that'll about do it for the free show. You get, what do we got coming up in the Patreon extension? Um, I got a way for everybody to reduce their symptoms. Um leading to heart attacks and type 2 diabetes. All right. I care about the people's health now, Tiny. <laughs> I didn't Not before, but now I do. <laughs> right. yes. <laughs> oh, also, one thing I would like to mention before we go is here at the start of the next year, we're going to be on a new feed now. We've got redirect set up. We are moving from 
Podbean to Acast. Hopefully it won't cause any problems, but if it is causing a problem, the new feed for the show will be in the show notes. So you want to make sure you're subscribed to that new feed before the end of the year. So if you haven't already done it, go do it now. There you go. Patrons will be with you in a minute. You have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast. We thank you so much for listening to us, no matter where you get us, whether you get us from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We're on them all. If you would like to email into the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore earthoddity on Twitter. We also have some show art. You can check that out, underscore earthoddity on Instagram. We also have a uh, Discord server. There's a link in the show notes if you want to join that. And we also have a phone number. What's that phone number? 662-493-2059. That's 662-493-2059. We hope everybody has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening.